The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, March 15th, 2021. The woman in your life she can rest so easily. She does everything you do because the woman in your life is you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz, and I'm your host. And with me at the board is my co-producer, my engineer, my webmaster, and loving partner, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. Wow, another beautiful day here in Sonoma County. Well, as everybody knows, happy Women's History Month. And to begin the celebration, I have a special guest joining me on the phone, uh, Abria Tillman, member of the Santa Rosa Black Student Union. She's actually the treasurer. And we'll be talking about their mission, their goals, and the support that they offer the students. And I also am curious to see how students are responding to Women's History Month, which, as you know, was founded right here in Sonoma County. Well, every week I've been giving a little history, so I'm going to give it again. Uh, in 1980, the National Women's History Project, NWHP, was founded in in Santa Rosa, California, by some wonderful women, Molly Murphy McGregor, Mary Rootstadter, Maria Cuevas, Paula Hammett, and Betty Morgan, to broadcast women's historical achievements. You know, it's very interesting. Molly and I went to Sonoma State together, and we were walking to a class, and she was telling me that they were going to do a women's art show. And I remember turning her, saying, are there really women artists? I mean, that's how little we knew about our history back then. Uh, the NWHP started by leading a coalition that successfully lobbied Congress to designate March as National Women's History Month, now celebrated across the country. Today, the NWHP Ha, uh, the National Women's History is now called the National Women's History Alliance, known nationally as well as a clearinghouse providing information and training in multicultural women's history for educators, community organizations, and parents for anyone wanting to expand their understanding of women's contributions to U.S. history. And what's really interesting, if you go to nwhp.org and you have young girls at home, uh, they have a little coloring book that you can actually uh, print out, and it is the whole history, uh, so much history, women's history, beyond anything that we used to understand. I remember when I went to school, I mean, I heard about Amelia Earhart but and Eleanor Roosevelt, I, but I, I think those are about the two only women that I really was familiar with, and today we just have a whole slew of history. And that's why I do that little, I do this little segment called Our History is Our Strength, to remind us, not only remind us of birthdays of, of famous women that, that helped the women's movement and women's history, but just to let us know there is so much to be proud of. Well, let's say our happy birthdays today. Uh, on March 17th, which is uh, going to be Wednesday, that's St. Patrick's Day, actually, which is, in 1902, Alice Greenbow uh, carried mail at age 15, 
listen to this, carried mail at age 15, joined a Wild West show, became a professional rodeo rider in 1921, and earned about $12,000 yearly. She toured Australia, Spain, as well as the U.S., that was a, quite an achievement in 1902 that she was born. So she probably was around, let's see, 15. That'd be in 1917, three years before we got the vote. Here she's traveling. <laughs> she's actually uh, joined a Wild West show, which is amazing. Well, on March 18th, you know, this is a very interesting thing. My birthday is March 18th. So I was trying to find a woman who was born March 18th, and I came across March 18th, 1970, Queen Latifa was born. She was born March 18th, 1970. And her name, you're not going to believe this, is Dana Elaine Owens. And she's nationally known as Queen Latifah. She's an American singer, songwriter, rapper, actress, and producer. <laughs> so I really felt that was really neat that here Queen Latifah is uh, born March 18, 1970, and I was born March 18, 1940. And it's my friend June Bresheris wanted me to remind people that it's so interesting that I would be in a line with her birthday since I'm a queen bee. I told this story a few times, but Ken and I went to a, uh, a bee ceremony, and they asked Ken and I are beekeepers, and they asked him, is anybody in the audience a beekeeper? And Ken kept saying, Elaine, you're a beekeeper. I said, no, Ken, you're a beekeeper. And I said, no, I'm a beekeeper. Oh, it got really confusing. And all of a sudden, I stood up for a second to do something, and he goosed me. And all of a sudden, I stood up straight, and he said, here's a beekeeper. So I go into this circle. These beautiful women, Bulgarian women in these beautiful costumes are singing these wonderful songs. They put me in the middle of a circle. They circle around me, and they start singing. And it, it, it lasted probably about maybe 20 minutes. I mean, it was really very interesting. And when they broke the circle, they asked me, how do you feel? And I said, evolved. Well, they said, thank you so much for being our queen bee. And I thought, wow, that was really amazing. So anyway, that's my little queen bee story. And my birthday is March 18th, and so is Queen Latifah. So happy, happy birthday, queen. I just really, really admire you and admire some of the wonderful uh, music that you put out. In fact, I have a little uh, quote from her. I made decisions that I regret and I took them as learning experiences. I'm human, not perfect, like anybody else. Beautiful, beautiful saying. Well, we have another another birthday here, March 19th, and she made her transition in 19. Uh, she was born in 1875 and made her transition in 1957. Margaret Foley, a labor organizer, suffragist, and social worker. She was an outspoken suffrage activist who would loudly confront anti-suffrage speakers, made a solo, listen to this, made a solo balloon flight over Lawrence, Massachusetts. Listen to this, tossing literature from a basket in 1910. Can you imagine a woman doing that in 1910? I mean, 1910, we couldn't even own property. Our children were not even our own. You know, I'm watching a, uh, I'm watching a, a, a movie right now about what some of the African-American women went through 
when they were slaves. And it's really so dominant. They did not own their children. And neither did white women in 1910. And it's just mind-boggling to me that there is such a struggle for humanity. There's such a struggle for peace. You know, I was listening to Amy Goodman, uh, the show before us, and talking about the Amazon, how difficult it is to even save our environment. It's almost like, what are, what are our priorities? Money and power? Is that is that all we think about? How about human beings needing fresh air, needing good food, needing these rainforests to stay in place so we can have a good, strong environment? And yet, I don't know, I scratch my head every once in a while and say, what is with us as human species? I mean, it is so it is so sad at times. Well, here's another important date, and this is really very, very interesting, that in March 20th, 1852, Harriet Beecher Stowe's novel, Uncle Tom Cabin, was released, and it had a tremendous impact on the North. Uncle Tom's Cabin is said to have caused people in the North to become more opposed to slavery. It is said to have helped make slavery less popular by putting faces on the slaves and on their owners. You know, in reading that book, it was very, very difficult. So we have to recognize here, March 20th, 1852, that's, oh my goodness, that's almost 200 years ago, that this book was written and started influencing people and starting talking about the horrors. I mean, can you imagine being owned by somebody? They tell you what time to get up in the morning, what time to go to sleep at night. They put you out in the fields for 16, 18 hours a day, and you're lucky if you get water breaks. I mean, and we uh, we put down unions and we put down people who are protesting for better wages, better living conditions. It just doesn't make sense to me. The older I get, the more confused I get about the whole thing. But at the same time, there are many good things happening in the world. So I want to make a few announcements here. And I'm really looking forward to this interview from the woman with the Black Student Union. I, the young people have so much to contribute, and we need to pay attention to them. We need to support them. We need to stand by them as they fight so hard and so strong for their future. You know, when I was growing up, I never had a tenth of the concerns that young people have today. I mean, I was when I was 14 years old, I wasn't worried about the environment. I was worried about how my hair looked or what boy was I going to be attracted to or how lucky I was that I met some guy that had a, a mercury he could drive me around in. But today's youth is very different. You know, they're looking at a future. It doesn't look very bright to them. But if we all stand together as a human race, we might be able to make some changes. And there's lots of good people in the world that are doing many, many good things. And one of the things that's happening is we have a group called Sonoma County Black Forum, and they have been very dedicated to trying to give food to people who are really who are unemployed who have issues that they don't have enough food in their house. I mean, I've seen when they have their food drive, there are lines of cars coming to pick up these boxes of food. 
and the generosity of the community, you know, donating the food so they can create these boxes. So it's going to be it's the 2021 COVID-19 food distributions for times like these. Times like these when we're all <laughs> we're all in the same boat having the same issues. It's going to be happening on the 20th. Uh, excuse me. It's going to be happening uh, Thursday, March 18th. Well, wait a minute, just a minute there. I gave, they sent me the thing that, that it's ha- Oh, here we go. Drive-in, no-touch distribution on Saturday, March 20th. And it's going to be at Santa Rosa High School, ArtQuest, and Media Center. That's at 1075 Mendocino Avenue in Santa Rosa, and it's going to be from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Okay, so that's going to be Saturday March 20th from 10 to 12 p.m. at 1075 Mendocino Avenue, and they will be distributing food, and that's being done by the Sonoma County uh, Black Forum. And if you have any questions or you want to donate any food to this cause, call them at 707-343-8734. And I just want to tell you just a little bit about the Black Forum. The Sonoma County Black Forum is a nonprofit 501c3 organization formed in August 2017 with the mission to lead, serve, and thrive as we build and sustain an engaged, inclusive, and informed community. Wonderful, wonderful thought. Now, a drive has been ongoing for several months now. And I, I have to thank the community. It's been very successful. The donation drive for the houseless. And it's happening at the Peace and Justice Center every Tuesday from 3 to 5 p.m. And they're asking that you bring clean items. They, and they don't want any drop-offs. They want people to come on Tuesdays from 3 to 5. And that's at 467 Sebastopol Avenue in Santa Rosa. And they just really appreciate it. They really appreciate that you're doing this. So it's at the Peace and Justice Center, 467 Sebastopol Avenue, Santa Rosa. And they're asking for clean clothing. So make sure everything is clean when you when you donate it to them. Well, that's a lot to think about, you know. It really is. Lots and lots to think about. I have another announcement. Mark your calendars for the March 18th. National Organization for Women, now Sonoma County Chapter Membership and Guest Meeting via Zoom. If you want more information on that, go to www.nowsonoma.org, or you can call them at 545-5036. The Zoom is going to be happening from 630 to 8. From 6.30 to 7, they have a business meeting, and everybody's welcome. In fact, we're trying to increase, (coughs) excuse me, we're trying to increase the membership, so everybody is welcome. And then from 7 to 8, we're going to be having a presentation (coughs) by Lilith Rogers, uh, where she becomes Rachel Carson, who wrote the book Silent Spring. It's a perfect presentation for today's world, particularly we're fighting so hard for a better environment. And it's going to be a Zoom. And uh, she tell, Lila tells this story in a very inspiring fashion. In fact, to be honest with you, I saw the, um, 
I saw the New York stage production, and I liked her production much, much better. I mean, she just transforms herself. Lilith herself is an activist in the community that I've known for several years, and she it's just a marvelous, marvelous piece, and you don't want to miss it. You really don't. So it's going to be March 18th. I guess we'll celebrate my birthday a little bit. By the way, FYI, I'm going to be 18. <laughs> Anyway, mark your calendars. That's going to be this Thursday, uh, March 18th from 6.30 to 8. It's going to be the National Organization for Women's uh, Monthly Meeting, and they will have the presentation with Lilith Rogers. And for further information, go to www.nowsonoma.org and check out our our website. Actually, uh, my co-producer, Ken Norton, actually developed the website, and it's just absolutely beautiful. If you have any questions that you need to talk to somebody, I know I'm one of the people I like to be talking to somebody on the phone. Call 707-545-5036 and Eileen will be happy to answer the phone and give you any answer, any questions that you might have. Well, what a morning it's been. It really has. It's been a really interesting morning. Well, we're going to take a musical break. <coughs> And we're not going to do a musical break. <laughs> I've been finding these wonderful clips, and one of the things one of the things that came to my attention, or I've become more and more aware of, is that there were a lot of divides during the uh, suffrage movement uh, among the African American women and the Amer the Caucasian women, and the African American women really fought very hard to help us get the vote at that time in 1920, where it became actually a, a constitutional amendment. But they never got the, they never really got the vote until 1964 during the, uh, you know, during the civil rights movement. So I think it's very important that we acknowledge what these women did. And one, one of the women that has been my hero for years, I mean, every time I get discouraged or I feel like I can't continue or somebody hurts my feelings or whatever goes on, I always read something about Ida B. Wells and her courage. I mean, let me, she was just an amazing, an amazing woman. Uh, at a time, at a time when there was nobody paying attention to some of the lynching that was going on in the South, Ida B. Wells herself went into southern states and covered lynching and wrote stories and made people in the North aware of what was going on with black people in the South. It was so sad, and this was after the Civil War. I mean, there was supposed to be an emancipation. People were supposed to be freed, and yet these people were being lynched. Why? Because they were black. Because people wanted to make sure that they didn't have any uppity feelings now that they were free. You know, it, it's a sad, it's a sad state of affairs. But at the same time, women like Ida B. Wells stood up and wrote about it. Her life was actually threatened. So that's why she's become a real hero to me. So what we're going to do, we're going to listen to a four and a half minute clip of a young woman, I'll tell you what exactly where it comes from. It, it was on YouTube, 
and it was a TED Ed Lessons in Learning on YouTube. You know, the TED Talks. It was part of the TED Talks, but it's a, it's kind of a cartoon. So you can go on, on YouTube and just look it up. It's TED Ed, T-E-D space E-D Lessons in Learning on YouTube. And it's a wonderful, wonderful piece. So we're going to be listening to that. And when we return, I'll be talking to Aubrey Tillman, member of the Santa Rosa Black Student Union. In fact, she's the treasurer. And we'll be talking about their mission goals and the support they offer Susan uh, students, along with a fundraiser they are having presently that they are trying to raise funds for students. So let's go ahead, Ken. Let's go hear this Ida B. Wells uh, piece. And I look forward to when we come back. In March of 1892, three black grocery store owners in Memphis, Tennessee, were murdered by a mob of white men. Lynchings like these were happening all over the American South, often without any subsequent legal investigation or consequences for the murderers. But this time, a young journalist and friend of the victims set out to expose the truth about these killings. Her reports would shock the nation and launch her career as an investigative journalist, civic leader, and civil rights advocate. Her name was Ida B. Wells. Ida Bell Wells was born into slavery in Holly Springs, Mississippi, on July 16, 1862, several months before the Emancipation Proclamation released her and her family. After losing both parents and a brother to yellow fever at the age of 16, she supported her five remaining siblings by working as a schoolteacher in Memphis, Tennessee. During this time, she began working as a journalist. Writing under the pen name Iola, by the early 1890s, she gained a reputation as a clear voice against racial injustice and became co-owner and editor of the Memphis Free Speech and Headlight newspaper. She had no shortage of material. In the decades following the Civil War, Southern whites attempted to reassert their power by committing crimes against black people, including suppressing their votes, vandalizing their businesses, and even murdering them. After the murder of her friends, Wells launched an investigation into lynching. She analyzed specific cases through newspaper reports and police records and interviewed people who had lost friends and family to lynch mobs. She risked her life to get this information. As a black person investigating racially motivated murders, she enraged many of the same Southern white men involved in lynchings. Her bravery paid off. Most whites had claimed and subsequently reported that lynchings were responses to criminal acts by black people. But that was not usually the case. Through her research, Wells showed that these murders were actually a deliberate, brutal tactic to control or punish black people who competed with whites. Her friends, for example, had been lynched when their grocery store became popular enough to divert business from a white competitor. Wells published her findings in 1892. In response, a white mob destroyed her newspaper presses. She was out of town when they struck, but they threatened to kill her if she ever returned to Memphis. So she traveled to New York, where that same year she republished her research in a pamphlet titled Southern Horrors, Lynch Law in All Its Phases. In 1895, after settling in Chicago, she built on Southern Horrors in a longer piece called The Red Record. Her careful documentation of the horrors of lynching and impassioned public speeches drew international attention. Wells used her newfound fame to amplify her message. She traveled to Europe, where she rallied European outrage against racial violence in the American South in hopes that the U.S. government and public would follow their example. Back in the U.S., she didn't hesitate to confront powerful organizations 
fighting the segregationist policies of the YMCA, and leading a delegation to the White House to protest discriminatory workplace practices. She did all this while disenfranchised herself. Women didn't win the right to vote until Wells was in her late 50s. And even then, the vote was primarily extended to white women only. Wells was a key player in the battle for voting inclusion, starting a black women's suffrage organization in Chicago. But in spite of her deep commitment to women's rights, she clashed with white leaders of the movement. During a march for women's suffrage in Washington, D.C., she ignored the organizers' attempt to placate Southern bigotry by placing black women in the back and marched up front alongside the white women. She also chafed with other civil rights leaders who saw her as a dangerous radical. She insisted on airing, in full detail, the atrocities taking place in the South, while others thought doing so would be counterproductive to negotiations with white politicians. Although she participated in the founding of the NAACP, she was soon sidelined from the organization. Wells' unwillingness to compromise any aspect of her vision of justice shined a light on the weak points of the various rights movements and ultimately made them stronger, but also made it difficult for her to find a place within them. She was ahead of her time, waging a tireless struggle for equality and justice, decades before many had even begun to imagine it possible. If you were inspired by Ida B. Wells' Fight for Equality... Wow, I'm telling you, that is just amazing. When you think that this woman was born in slavery and then was emancipated and then was able to do all that she did, and not only that, at the threat of her life and her children's life. Amazing, amazing woman. Well, that was all about Ida B. Wells, and I I have to say it again. She is definitely one of my heroes, and whenever I feel discouraged or I feel I can't go on or somebody said something I don't like or, you know, it's too hard or it's too rough, I think of Ida B. Wells writing about the lynchings, going into the South, taking that kind of chance, and I say, Elaine, this is a lot simpler. You can do it. You can do it. So thank you, Ida B. Wells. For you folks just joining us, I want to remind you that you are, the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the, appear, uh, the opinions of the station, its board of directors, its members, and women's spaces. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And without further ado, I want to introduce my guest joining me on the phone, Abria Tillman, treasurer of the Santa Rosa Junior College Black Student Union. Welcome Hi. to Women's Spaces. Welcome. Thank you so much. And, you know, before we begin, I would like to tell folks just a little bit about you. Is that okay? Yes, that's fine. Thank you. Well, I'm so happy. Are you? Can you come closer to your phone, my friend? Yes. Okay, Is that's a little better. Yeah, that's perfect. Perfect. Okay. Uh, originally born in Texas, Abria returned to school in the spring of 2020 to fulfill her longing for both education and social networking. She became a member of the Santa Rosa Black Student Union at a time when racial tensions were at an all-time high in America due to the death of George Floyd and countless others and the Black Lives Matter continued movement along with the global impact of COVID-19. As she watched countless peaceful protesters watch down her street, she wanted to march, protest, and physically show her contribution to what she felt was progressive demonstrations against prejudice and racism. 
However, as a mother, still breastfeeding at the time and concerned about the health of her toddler, she showed her support by holding up a sign in protest on her front porch. That's amazing. I love that. (laughs) She was stricken with the notion as an African-American woman. She wanted to do more for her culture and dedicated herself to social involvement in school. As a member of the Black Student Union, she became treasurer along with being representative for the BSU to the Intercultural Committee. Recently, she was nominated and appointed as the Vice President in Marketing for Student Government. In a leadership position, along with fellow members of Leadership Plan, promote and are educating on the climate of African Americans, both past and present. She has moved from wanting to be involved, sitting on the sidelines, silently participating to leadership roles. Quite a resume, my friend. Anything that you would like to add? Oh, no, you did did an excellent job. Thank you so much. Well, you know, you gave me that beautiful, beautiful story about yourself. I was so impressed, you know, and I, I had to cut it down a little bit, but I think I got the essence here. Absolutely. Well, you know, let, let's start by, you know, talking about the Black Student Union. Well, no, let's go back a little bit further. You know, you tell us a little bit about yourself. What you hear? You were on the porch with your your child breastfeeding. What what was that like for you? Watching all these protests. What were you thinking at that time? It was extremely um, emotional, and the the marches happened about two or three times. I live on a main street, um, and so every time they came by, it was like during nap time, and um, it was just, it was very emotional, and my heart definitely went out to um, the protesters, and um, it, it was just a really crazy time. Well, you know, I think about you with your baby. You know, I think you're holding that child. You're holding the future in your arms, and you're watching these people marching back and forth over this horrendous, horrendous killing. I mean, I never thought I would live to see on television someone being murdered. I mean, it was it was beyond the pale to me. Well, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about the Black Student Union, a bit of its history, their mission, and goals. Absolutely. Uh, the Black Student Union, we call it the BSU, started back in the 2010s. And the the mission is to promote activities of common interest um, as well as cultural and educational benefits for the African-American student body. And we also like to collaborate with the other student clubs as well. Um, So the BSU really provides a a forum for the student voices, um, our differences, our goals and ideas. And it's based virtually right now um, through the Santa Rosa campus. And it gives us a real chance to address the students' needs um, through peer mentoring or social activism and community service. Well, talk about a little bit what motivated you, I mean, to belong to an organization like this. And and why do you think this program is so important to students? I, I definitely motivated to want to do more um, because at the time I was just um, just started going to school and it was just at home with the baby and so I was like what what can I do to really um, be impactful not not just for the moment that everything is so hot but in all and also to um, have something left after me something that I could continue to do and something that I can encourage other people to get into as well um, so um, I was 
directed to the BSU by my um, advisors. If there's two um, particular groups, um, BSU and Emoja. And Emoja is more for um, our English assignments. It's like a specific English class, but they focus um, specifically on African-American um, literary. And um, so when I got into the BSU, it was really just my intention that by immersing myself in education about my cultural history, I can be of better service towards reaching growth and my own pure potentiality. And I myself, I have plans to recognize the concerns and struggles of the African-American community, and I want to create solutions that are mentally, physically, financially tangible and so um, I also introduced myself to some African-American community organizations like the North Bay Black Chamber of Commerce, Black Excellence, the Noma County Black Coalition. So I, I really just wanted to get in- involved. Well, do you feel this is a stretch for you? I mean, that all of a sudden you find yourself you know, going from your home with your baby to back to school to joining the BSU, and now all of mm-hmm. a sudden you're going out to community organizations. Where, where are you getting your confidence and your tenacity? I am getting it from from reading and um, historical figures like Ida B. Wells. Um, I started reading Michelle Obama's book too. She and these women, they did they did so much more than what I'm doing. It it really sparked, like you said, a, a light under me. If things get hard or something, I just think, you know, what would Michelle do? Like she she did so much in raising her two children and taking care of her husband, her husband and family. So. Um, for me, it was like, girl, you, you're healthy. You know, there's nothing wrong with you. You have all the opportunity to do better for yourself and, and for, for your family and friends. So then you would agree with me when I have that little segment, our history is our strength. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, it really, I find when I go into the historical things, and one of the things that is happening to me personally as a Caucasian woman and an 81-year-old woman also, is as I read the lives of Ida B. Wells or, or even Harriet Tubman or Sojourner Truth, you know, last last week I honored, and you might want to read her, Frances Harper. She is really a powerful, dynamic woman. As I read and as I get into the culture, I say to myself, what a, what a shame that we have missed all this information and understanding of what these powerful women did. So I really appreciate you saying that, and I think it's just marvelous that, that you were doing that. And you, and you, I can hear that you also appreciated Ida B. Wells. She was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 tell me why you think this is important for students. I mean, I understand why it was important to you, but why do you think a student, like, for example, I'm an African-American student. I'm coming into Santa Rosa, J.C. I don't know anybody. What would the Black Student Union do for me? It would help you, one, um, find as many resources as we can to help you with um, your particular situation. Everybody comes into school in a different path in their life. And so having a community there to be able to help you through your path is extremely important for all students. And the BSU, we have a, a culture that a black student can be comfortable with because we're, we're like family. And a lot of times you are able to express your experience um, that's unique in this safe environment. For one, that's really been big. Um, and we also, um, I think it's, um, 
it's really important to have a support system most importantly for all students is is the support system because things can um, be really hard when they're different and you're training yourself um, with all these new things that you do with school and you, you're starting to train yourself to be better. That's the idea. And, and you can come into um, these hurdles. So instead of being by yourself trying to figure it out, you have a community of people that can say, hey, do you need this? I got you here. Oh, you're feeling like this? Um, we have a mental health services. We just got some uh, new resources, two new mental health therapists uh, to help students be acclimated um, while being in school, too. And that's been really helpful, um, Dr. Henley and Dr. Timberlake. Well, you know, it reminds me of my own story when I went back to school. I went back to school at 30, and I felt like an old, old woman. Come all these young people around me not knowing anybody and feeling I had to do term papers. And I was very, very upset. And I was so blessed that a young man came forward to me when I was crying on the front lawn because I had to write, because I had to write a term paper. You know, I'm, I'm already, I'm a failure. I'll never make it. And he happened to be an African American young man. He stood up in front of me and says, What are you crying about? I mean, he's so kind. And I says, And I told him my plight. And he said, What if I was like you and I cried? How could I get ahead in the world? And I remember looking at him and thinking, Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm kind of a, a in a different class on some levels at that time you know this was 1970 i mean it was the still the civil rights movement and all the vietnam and all the stuff that was going on then and he reached out his hand and he took me to a tutoring office and through that one experience i was able to go all the way on to a, a master's degree because i I gained my confidence by going to a tutor, but it was one student telling another student, this is what can help you. And I hear that's what you're saying about the Black Student Union, to help people acclimate when they come back to school. Absolutely. Um, I appreciate you sharing that story. When This is my second time in community college. Um, the first time was right out of high school. Um, and I didn't have a support system there, and it was really, it was very difficult for me Um because I did feel so alone and overwhelmed with classes. Um, so I, I made it with the AA barely. So when I came back um, some years later, I was, I was ready to, to find that community. That also helped me, like, where can I find my, where can I find my people? Where can I find my friends? Because I know I'm going to need help, and I don't want to do it alone like the first time. Yeah, that's, that is so important. You know, I want to just, I just want to divert a little bit. And, you know, I, all of a sudden I got this curiosity. Is your baby a boy or a girl? She's a girl. <laughs> what, what is her name? Her name is Khalif Lola May Perry. Oh, beautiful. And, and how old is she now? She'll be three July 10th. Oh my goodness. That is great. She's almost the same age as my, uh, my great granddaughter. She'll be three in September. That is so that little Kali. Well, I just want, I just wanted to get that in there. I mean, she's the future. She's the future, mm-hmm. my dear. Well, you know, this is Women's History Month. And one of the things that I'm very curious, and, and I also want to ask you, you know, we're going to, after, after we discuss this little topic, I'm going to take a musical break and then come back. Can you hang out with me? Absolutely. Oh, good. Because I have a wonderful, a wonderful song that I think you're really going to enjoy. If particularly your the conversation about you learning all about the history of different women. Well, this is Women's History Month, and how do today's students, particularly young women, how do you feel? 
that they see the significance of history and do they do they understand that the actually the we have a month of history for women that was actually created here in Sonoma County I did not know that fact that's a great fun fact I didn't know that it was created here in Sonoma County but I I definitely think the students um, and the junior college have done a great job celebrating Women's History Month uh, for the whole month. I know the um, the junior college has weekly workshops put on by the Art and Lectures Department celebrating uh, women in art, and that's really fun. Um, and students, they find it very significant to celebrate women in many, many different aspects of history within many cultures, too. So there's so much to explore. Um, and I know a lot of events are highlighting women of the past as well as the present. I know the BSU has an upcoming event on March 30th of a women's panel, and they're going to highlight local black female professionals and their historic inspirations. And I hosted um, a workshop on Afrocentric hair in history for the social justice conference that's presented by the junior college, too. It's called We the Future. And so my workshop explores the history of the stigmas associated with hair in the black community and society. And I really storytell and highlight the historical figures, Ms. Madam C.J. Walker and Ms. Angela Davis. Um, especially and Ms. Madam C.J. Walker, she is definitely my historical inspiration. She's the Guinness Book's world record holder for the first self-made millionaire. Um, I mean, that's just amazing, incredible. And it's not even just about her gaining financial prosperity. It's really her humanitarianism and the way she gave back to the community. She gave back to the community. And she also made sure that she gave back uh, through not just money, but through education, through funds, through community, through services. And she's just um, is my, she's my big inspiration. And then Miss Angela Davis is still with us. And she was a, a powerhouse herself, too, especially during the civil rights time. Um, so I definitely know that the students really do appreciate um, the, the Women's History Month, and we definitely try to have events to celebrate women. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, when you do your seminar, I'd like to have you on again to talk about that history. That sounds extremely yes. interesting. Of you know, I, I actually wrote a poem. I'll send it to you. It's called I'm More Than My Hair. And, oh. and you know something? It's so interesting how how as women we struggle with hair. I mean, hair, hair is, hair is such a focal point for us. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. Well, listen up, Brie, we're going to take a musical break now. And the song I picked is, I believe, expresses the gratitude I have for all those who came before us and gave us the courage to do what we do to create a more harmonious, harmonious world. You know, if you didn't have these as a young woman, if you didn't have these, role models to look up to it would be kind of you you know you're kind of floundering away but when you look at these women and you see what they've accomplished and how they stood up for themselves you go yes i can do it too yes i can yes i can so let's go ahead we're going to hear it's called blood of the ancients and it's sung by one of my favorite people my favorite groups which is betsy rose and the women's and the women's choir and when we return i will continue my conversation with abria tillman treasurer of the santa rosa junior college black student union and uh let's go ahead and listen to that ken
What a great thing to think about. I think of little Kalia, who's going to be three years old. I think of my great-granddaughter, Satori, who's going to be three years old. And all the beautiful children out there that have, they are our future. And we must never, never lose sight of that. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And with me, uh, joining me on the phone, I'm in conversation with Abria Tillman, who's the treasurer of the Santa Rosa Junior College Black Student Union, and we're talking about their program, its goals, and mission. Welcome back, Abria. We are once again on the air. You know, uh, I really, uh, Ken brought something up. Make sure that you send us all the information on the workshop that you're doing and also on that uh, conference that they're having to make sure that we put it on our website. And also to my listeners, remember, all the all the programs that are mentioned you can find on the website, www.womenspaces.com. Well, welcome back, Bria. We are talking with uh, uh, Bria Chilman. And I have another question uh, to ask her. You know, I understand right now, and, and be very slow when you explain this. That mm-hmm. that you're having kind of a fundraiser, and there's a there's a, a something a student card. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely, thank you. So the Santa Rosa Junior College, their student government partners every year with local businesses. And the local businesses offer students a discount for their services or products. And the students that are allowed to get that discount have a Cub Card premium. And the Cub Card premium, the fee, goes right back into the student's body government for the student. So, in other words, it's a card that they can purchase... Mm-hmm. And within that card, they can go to various merchants and get a discount on everything they buy. I imagine that's food and clothing, stuff like that. Absolutely. And the fee that they paid for that card goes right back into the student body um, reservoir. Yeah, it's like when I, I remember when I went to SSU, we bought like a student card. You know, mm-hmm. and that we had access to certain things on campus and that we would go into different shops. I, now I understand the concept. Yeah, very. So, so how do they get that card? Do they contact you? Do they go to the school? Yep, they can go to the school and the school's website at uh, santarosa.edu under student life. You can purchase your um, premium cup card there or the Santa Rosa Junior College has an app, which is very easy to maneuver through so that's really helpful too and so you can see the pub card premium you can see the discount the places that you can get your discounts there um the santa rosa junior college app srjc app um, is very helpful the app or the website 
Okay, if you could send me that information via email, I'll make sure it gets on the website with some sort of some sort of explanation. Would you Would you do that? Absolutely. Okay, so now the last we're we're coming to the end of the segment, and then I know we're going to do something a little different, folks. Uh, Abria has a few two questions for me, and I'm going to answer. I thought that would be kind of interesting to add mm-hmm. a little different twist to our show here today. Talk about how you joined the Black Student Union. Uh, is there a fee? Mm-hmm. I mean, do they how do they meet weekly? What 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 is the concept, and how do how do students join? Absolutely. So I first heard about it through my advisor, and then um, I got in touch with the the president of the Black Student Union, Delashay Benson. And so we, I got in touch with them on the meeting days, which is Tuesday, the second and fourth Tuesday of every month, from five to seven p.m. And um, I will give you the information for the Zoom ID. It's an open open room. Anyone can come and join. Anyone who supports and appreciates Black culture is welcome. Um, and I'll send you the, the email to SantaRosaJC.BSU at Gmail. So anyone's welcome. There's no fee. It's the second and fourth Tuesday of every month from 5 to 7 p.m. Well, that's wonderful. And you're under some good guidance with Della Shea. She's a real crackerjack and has all, she's an amazing woman. I'm learning so much, so much. Oh, I, I can just imagine. It's just, it's just amazing. So, so now, Abri, let's go into that little segment now. We're coming, the time is running out with us really quick. I understand you had two questions of curiosity for me. You want to go ahead and ask me? Yes, I did. Um, I wanted to know when did you begin your time with Women's Spaces? Well, I first, I, I, it's very interesting. I got a job at an organization called Athena House, which is a, an alternative to incarceration for women. And mm-hmm. a, a gentleman came to one of our staff meetings and he said, um, anybody here do radio? And I'm looking around, you know, nobody raised their hand or, or anything like that. And being the assertive person I am, I raised my hand <laughs> and I said, well, I don't know if I did radio, but I have my AA in journalism. And I, mm-hmm. I went to Los Angeles City College and I used to announce <laughs> the weather <laughs> and the sports scores. And he said to me, did you have a microphone in front of you? And I go, yes. He says, well, you're going to come down to the station. It was KBBF 89.1 FM that I came to and they trained me to be on the radio and I started Women's Spaces and I was one of the first women actually to come on the air that was playing women's music. It was just amazing to me. It was in in 1976. Oh my goodness. So I was on the, I was on the air for four years and then, you know, I went on with my career and then, uh, about nine years ago now, oh my God, nine years ago, a woman by uh, uh, approached me and said, why don't you come on? I was doing television. She says, why don't you come back to, to do Women's Spaces again? It was such a great show. And I said, oh, okay. And I came back nine years and I've been, and, and my partner, my husband joined me, uh, Ken Norton. He's my co-producer. And so we do this every Monday. We've been doing it now for nine years. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! That's a beautiful story. Well, and also, what was so interesting is is that it was really uh, when I'd done the research, there may at that time there may have been only three actual women's uh, shows. And what's different about uh, women's spaces with other shows that you might hear women hosting is that I've I focus strictly on women and women's issues, and. Uh, 
a few times a year, like Ken will do, uh, he's been on Earth Day, I'll have him do his, uh, talk about his Earth Day experience, and we kind of want, every once in a while, we, we go back and forth, we, we read this poem called, uh, Friends and Lovers during, you know, Valentine Week, <laughs> you know, things like that. But yeah, and then I came back, and I've been on for, uh, I've been on ever since. Through the pandemic and everything, we're still here. <laughs> we're still here again. <laughs> well, I'm question so glad. Uh, do you guys ever host any events? And like you said, I know there's the pandemic. So I'm wondering, do you guys ever do any virtual events? Yeah, have we, any we're doing, we're, I'm glad you asked. I've announced it uh, earlier in the show, but we are doing uh, <laughs> a, a, uh, a an event on March 18th, uh, which uh, is... Uh, uh, one woman show by a woman by the name of Lilith Rogers on Silent mm-hmm. Spring that was written by uh, Rachel Carson, which is, it was written almost 50 years ago. If we would have listened to that, we would not be in the problem that we are today. I hear little Kalik in the background. It's it's music to my ears. That's all I can oh. say. And, and let so me say sorry. let me say one other thing that is very very interesting. I don't know. Did you hear the Did you hear the beginning of the show that when I announced that it was uh, Queen Latifah's birthday? Oh, I didn't know that. No. Okay, so Queen Latifah is born the same day that I'm born, March 18th. But you know what her name is? Her 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 name is what? Dana Elaine. Her middle name's Elaine. <laughs> Dana I'm, Elaine. I'm gonna write her. I'm gonna write her and tell her, you know, that we wish her a happy birthday and that what we have in common. Maybe keep your fingers crossed. You know, let's get her in for an interview. Oh, my gosh, absolutely. She is my absolute favorite. Oh, my God, I love her to pieces. Anyway, my friend, thank you so much for asking me those two questions. And, thank you know, that that is what's so inspiring about you, Abri. You have curiosity. You know, you have curiosity, not only energy, but curiosity. And, you know, Einstein, my my husband's mentor, uh, William Hermans, uh, wrote a book on five conversations he had with Albert Einstein. And one of the things that I gleaned out of the book was Einstein said, have always have holy curiosity. And that's so yeah. important. Well, now we have some time for some last words, your website, your meeting times again, anything, anything else, anything that's in your heart, your mind that you would like like to share. I really, really appreciate you having me on. I definitely encourage um, anyone to hop by the BSU. If you're a student, um, if you're not a student and you're thinking about going to school, I definitely encourage you to go and try. Um, I am also um, a new business owner um, this past year at um, LA Beauty and Hair, and I will be doing a workshop um, on hair and history. So I would definitely get you guys that information for the We the Future conference. Um, and again, I really appreciate you, and I hope that we can um, we can cultivate our, a new relationship and and have some more curious talks with each other. I have so much so many ideas. <laughs> Well, you know, feel free. You know, one of the things that I try to encourage, and and I know, I don't know what this sounds like, but I'm going to say it anyway. I try to encourage young people to give me ideas, to give me thoughts. If there's someone in the community that you feel should be interviewed, I've had Della Shea on the the air. She did a wonderful job. Give her a hug for me when you see her. Tell her thank you for for encouraging you to do what you're doing. And give us the website, any websites, and give us the meeting time once again absolutely i definitely will um you can find the club meeting id at the santa rosa junior college website it's santa rosa.edu 
clubs. So you can find information for all the student clubs there, including BSU. And your meeting times again is twice a week? Yes, it is. It's the second and fourth Tuesday of uh, every month I mean, from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Well, thank you so much, Abria Tillman. You have been a great, great guest. Abria Tillman is the treasurer of the Santa Rosa Junior Black Student Union. And thank you, thank you so much for coming on to Women's Spaces and giving us such a wonderful, wonderful interview. And to my listeners, a reminder, remember our children are the future and we must never, never lose sight of that. This is Elaine B. Holtz, and you've been listening to Women's Spaces. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to being with you the next time. And remember, all the information that we gave on today's show, you can find on www.womenspaces.com. This is Elaine B. Holtz, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening, and I look forward to being with you again. Because a woman in your Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, March 15th, 2021.